Welcome to the Modernist Podcast. I'm Jeff Levine. And I'm Jeff Mitchell. Together, we're Jeff Squared. But in a cool way. Join us as we discuss arts, culture, architecture, real estate, music, and more. Now, let's start the show. And welcome back to The Modernist. Uh, my name is Jeff Mitchell, The Modern Home Guy with Briggs Freeman Sotheby's, and I'm here with my pal... Jeff Levine, The Mod Man from ModernDallas.net. And together... We Jeff Square. I keep saying that. But in a cool We're way. We're not square guys. Square <laughs> yeah. is cool. Yeah. Well, it is cool. <laughs> For a modern At least kind we of, think so. Yeah. At least we, we tell ourselves that. Uh, and today we're here with uh, our friend Ron Womack. Ron, welcome to the studio. Oh, thank you. Welcome. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, we haven't been uh, back on the mic here in a, in, a, in a few weeks here, so it's good to be back. It's great to be back. It's great to be talking about modern. And we've got a great guest who I think embodies a lot of what modern is and lifestyle is. Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, just to uh, recap a little bit about what we're doing as yeah. the modernist, we uh, have a show on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just type in the modernist. You'll see two great looking bald guys. That's us. Super great looking bald Super cool. Yeah. And um, you can hear some of the guests. You know, we cover a wide variety, but some of the guests we've had from the arts, Todd Camplin, who's a writer. Uh, Ashley Tatum, who's a uh, art advisor, builder. Music and uh, entertainment with the Josie Records. Josie Records, uh, Tom Graco. So it's such a wide variety. And we've covered in the past health, wellness. Virtual reality. Even. Virtual reality. A lot of <laughs> topics. And today it's architecture. And today is architecture. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's what we do. And I think uh, it's sort of a lifestyle and people should embrace it. And I think more and more people are coming around in the... Not only Dallas, but across uh, Houston and Austin, and and embracing this uh, new modern world. Yeah, absolutely, Ron. What do you think? Uh, hey, uh, well, first of all, I'm excited to be on your show, and uh, you know, coming from uh, West Texas and not having so many uh, kind of uh, deep cultural influences like you would have in a city like this place. Growing up in kind of a modern thinking way was easy because to me it's about being being a free thinker, mm-hmm. you know, not being so right. cultivated by past, you know, by the past in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a, a great deal of your your work obviously is uh, modern, contemporary architecture. So is, what what caused you to kind of go along that path? Just real briefly. Well, that kind of work is what always inspired me. You know, whenever mm-hmm. I would experience. Uh, Something like that. Uh, when I was uh, in school, I had a residential design class, and we saw a lot of Frank Welch and Bud Oglesby's work mm-hmm. back in that time, and uh, they were kind of the regional modern guys. And uh, and when you got to really experience one of their projects, it was an experience. It was not going into like a typical house or a typical project. The quality of the light was amazing, the proportions, just the whole tactile experience. And then you discover someone like O'Neill Ford, who was totally a tactical, you know, it, it embodied the whole human experience and the way it all, it, it, it kind of uh, called to all your senses to experience it. And when I spent, uh, you know, when you start experiencing those kind of things, you start, you want to connect with ideas and concepts that are more modern and thinking. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how you roll into it. The style of what things look like is just almost inconsequential. Yeah. 
Well, you've, before we get into, we'll take a quick break. But you know, we're going to cover some of your developments that you've been involved with over the years. Love to talk about your trip to Cuba recently and their architecture. But let's take a quick break. But before we do, let's thank our sponsors: Steve Wright, TexasMortgageLending.com. And our friend Gregory Martin, our personal photographer and paparazzi. And the modern home guy, Jeff Mitchell. (laughs) And of course, ModernDallas.net. The Modernist is sponsored by our favorite mortgage man, Steve Wright, with Texas Mortgage Expert Team at Prime Lending. We love Steve and the Texas Mortgage Expert Team because they're knowledgeable, extremely professional, and have the backing of Prime Lending, one of the top lenders in the country. And Jeff, as a real estate agent, I can tell you I've done many deals with Steve and their team, and I love sending all my clients over there because I know that they're going to be treated fairly, it's going to be a smooth and enjoyable experience, and they're going to be treated with a very high level of expertise. So if you're thinking about buying a home or refinancing, go to TexasMortgageExpert.com. Okay, and we're back here on The Modernist. Uh, Ron, thanks again for joining us. And we're all here back in our corporate offices in Deep Ellum, which uh, happens to be uh, right near a number of your projects here in the in the city. Yeah, I have a few over here. I've uh, been lucky to have my own little neighborhood over here on Commerce Street. <laughs> so. um, how does it feel to be back? Well, it always feels good to be back. In fact, I had to drive around a little bit and check on my children before. I <laughs> yeah, you, you parked there. You had to park over there and walk like right. three, three or four blocks. Um, but so we were before we took a break, just talking about you know uh, what a modernist is to you and kind of your early inspirations with uh, Oglesby and and Welch. So let's kind of pick back up there and, uh, and and talk a little bit more about that. Well, um, you know, modernist. Um, Today, to me, is it keeps evolving. It, it never is kind of a, I never want to think of it as just a style or a certain kind of graphic to, that embodies, you know, that word. To me, it's about thinking. And uh, today, uh, I mean, the early, or the early people, you know, were Le Corbusier and those guys, mm-hmm. you know, and they taught us how to think more abstractly, uh, to think about structure, about skin, and not just a traditional way of building. Mm-hmm. And, and since technology has evolved and our ways of making things have evolved, you know, I think modernists always want to engage in those new ways of doing things, not necessarily because they're just new, but they may help solve a problem mm-hmm. that your client has or, you know, that needs to be investigated. But today, modernism to me is about the ideas and how they connect to sites and how they connect to programs Mm -hmm. and how they connect to budgets and how all that synthesizes into a project, not just coming to a project thinking you want it to look like a French farmhouse Mm -hmm. or something, so that the plan and all that just evolve over trying to uh, kind of exploit what qualities may be there or not exploit what's there. You know, it's mm-hmm. always that kind of uh, that dialogue or that, that critical dance yeah, with something. What you're going for. Yeah. Has that always been your style? No, it's evolved. You know, at, at first, when we first started uh, uh, working on my own, you know, I'd worked for uh, Frank uh, Welch for five years and Bud Oglesby for five years, and I was pretty much entrenched and kind of a Texas uh, modernist, you know, kind of vernacular, which really is a, 
uh, a lot of people like to term kind of a soft contemporary <laughs> because it's kind of vernacular architecture, but in a more modern, you know, uh, language. And uh, and and I and when I started on my own, I kind of wanted to break away from that. Uh, mainly because you're influenced by a lot of media. I mean, we're just influenced by media today. That's all that can be said about that. And there are a lot of books around. And and I had more time uh, to read books and kind of uh, read about things than I had to do work. And so the first projects were actually renovating old 50s apartment buildings down on Travis and Buena Vista area. And... Uh, you know, and I really just, uh, we didn't have much budget, but we really just simplified the projects to they were, so they had a really minimal type quality about them, which was really budget, kind of budget driven. And the first reaction we had from those projects, the bankers would come in and and say that we can't sell this. This looks like German worker housing. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, we can't, it just doesn't rent. And so our first project was that way. In fact, the owner told me, he said, if we uh, have a problem having initial renting of these, we're going to go back and put gables and shutters and all that on it. And it's like, boy, that'll scare you to death. <laughs> and, uh, but fortunately, the first three apartments, they got ready, leased at record rates. And they realized automatically from their comments and things that people were hungry for Something that was uh, had more of a spatial quality rather than just a look. Yeah, and the, and those projects are still very being on the real estate side of things are still very timeless and still very relevant here in the you know uptown yeah. real estate market. Uh, so when so when you uh, did that project, there were rentals, and then yes. later they converted into condos. condos. Did, did you work on those again when they were converted to condos? A couple or? of them I did, uh -huh. and you know to tell you the truth, I wasn't so excited about it because. Uh, converting to condo stuff was about putting in black granite countertops mm -hmm, and stainless mm -hmm. steel appliances. Which you see a lot of that and, over, over yeah, there. <laughs> and all of our schemes were so simple. They were white plastic laminate and white appliances. So it was more about how to keep the spatial quality mm -hmm. as a single language rather than about the materiality mm -hmm. of it. So. And it's interesting because that neighborhood, obviously the Miro development, is a, yeah. is a significant modern development for the time. I think it was built in the 90s. Yeah. And even today, it's so relevant. I mean, people know that for what it is. And so how did that come about? And was that with developers and, and your influence, or they saw the vision? Well, um, we had done about three projects right over on uh, Buena Vista, just north of Fitzhugh. And uh, and they were all leasing really strong. In fact, the owner was just looking for every thing, any apartment he could find down there that we could redevelop. And uh, one of them we did, uh, we added garages to the front, this project on Buena Vista. And they sold, I mean, they rented like crazy. And so the developer, uh, whose name, could I say his name? Sure. Alan McDonald, who was really the, the, the mind and the money behind all that. He really... He really was, he really let you do your work, and he wasn't afraid to, to go there. And uh, so... Ideal, we, ideal client. Yeah, uh, very <laughs> good client. And um, the, so this 
piece of property is like seven acres came available right there between Travis and Buena Vista. And it was the old El Gato apartments and it had been demoed. And so he said, you know, what if we built a whole, you know, just fill this land up with these little one car garage condo like buildings that he said, you know, we could we could sell every one of those things in there. And so the idea was born about, you know, let's do a, maybe a for sale townhome thing. And so we did a master plan for it, and the bank would only—it was for 40 units, and the bank uh, would only loan the money to do four units. So we did the four units, and— Along they, Buena Vista? Uh, on a Travis, and they wouldn't sell. They sat there for a few months, and nobody knew. They were three-story, and the living room was on the second floor, and the garage and a bedroom was on the first floor. And then a spare bedroom and a rooftop deck on the third level. And uh, so Alan had the idea of getting his mother to put some furniture in one of them. As soon as he put the furniture in one of them, people saw how he lived. <laughs> it's in amazing. Unit. And, and it's sold. So Staging. They the yeah. <laughs> Staging. So they moved the furniture to the next one and it's sold. And so that started. And then they were ready to build the next uh, eight along uh, Travis. Went to the bank again. The bank said, no, we don't want to loan the money on those because we've looked at the lady that was in charge of it. And she said, we don't want to loan the money on it because you didn't put hardly any trim on any of the doors. The bases are little tiny things. <laughs> you know, we just think it's really cheap construction. And we said, no, this is really modern thinking. And it's not about the trims and all that. It's about the space. But we got the money and the next one and the rest of it got built. So. Mm -hmm. And the rest history. is history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it's a great project and still sells very, very well today. Yeah, and absolutely. I've, the sold, values... I've sold three or four of those. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, and I still get calls from uh, people over there occasionally that are selling their unit or, you know, and they're having to move to another city or something. And they want me to come see it before they leave. They want me to see you know, how much they've loved their living there. And mm -hmm. that's a rare thing. That's mm -hmm. all any architect could ever ask mm -hmm. for. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Uh, one of my favorite projects that, that you did is just right by there on Buena Vista that backs up to the, the Katy Trail, the newer project. I'm not sure what the address is, but they're the... The Copper yeah, the copper Townhomes. Yeah, that, that is a spectacular project. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that was you. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, you know, that must have been what? Oh six, oh seven. Um, yeah, they oh, were who? finished, and I think at the beginning of oh nine. Yeah, yeah. There. We when I was at that time, I was working with David Griffin, and we were uh, marketing that that project. But I think the timing of that, when that that was finished, was kind of right when, when things <laughs> were kind of yeah. Because I mean, it's a it's an incredible design, and the the patios in the back that kind of are peaked up in the treetops are it's, it's amazing. Well, that is a that's a perfect project is an example about uh, where your thinking takes you. Because the Moreau place was all about kind of abstract forms, you know, kind of the white of modernism, if you will, the kind of the Meyer type th uh, vocabulary with gray brick. And then when the Buena Vista came, project came along, you know, 10 or 12 years later, it's like you're always a little nervous because you know, you hope you've grown architecturally. And I thought I had, or at least I knew I'd changed, but you never know if it's going to be better or worse. But the Buena Vista Copper Project was all about connecting to the Katy Trail. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the Millsap stone that's at the first floor really goes along the front and along the side to connect back to the trail. The copper was nothing more than a reference to a natural environment and the whole purpose of it, uh, besides just being a good quality material, was something that would change over time and engage with the spirit of the Katy Trail. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just a, a composition of a... You know, like today we see a collage just approach with a lot of different materials. It were they were all materials that are, that were thought about connecting with the trail. Mm -hmm. How that could become a portal to the trail. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that I think makes a modern project today. Well, it, I, I definitely think that 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 actually was done well because it feels like when you're in that that one of those projects, especially the ones that obviously back up to the trail, like it feels like you're in some like treetop kind of house in Costa Rica because you, 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 it's this line with the trees on the back side of that and the, and the patios with the wood screens yeah. in, the, in the back. It's great. And, and it's a, another significant pro project when you drive down Fitzhugh and you see that development. I think, I mean, for most of us, that is what modern is. Yeah. You know, at, at its core. I mean, obviously there's variations. and We can go into that a little more with you. But... Um, we it kind of became our little neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of a modern little neighborhood. Besides the one behind us, yeah. yeah. So, and that was, uh, you know, and, and I, um, I was made a fellow in the AIA in 2004, and it was primarily because of that work down there, because we really literally changed the neighborhood, turned it over, because when we first started working down there, it was kind of a crack neighborhood. Mm -hmm. There were just a, a lot of cheap, bad apartments that nobody really wanted. And uh, so we totally, we gentrified it. That's exactly, but, I, know, I'm waiting to get yeah. that word in. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because look what's happening in the city today. Yeah. That same mindset is evolving in so many neighborhoods. Um, and, and interestingly enough, you, in, in your work and, and just your journey, have gone into some interesting neighborhoods. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the Douglas Project. Yeah. That, that was so far and away ahead of its time. I mean, obviously, we just had it on our modern home tour, I think, a year or so ago. Yeah. What made you go there? Well, um, as I get older, um, I, I, I wanted, I've wanted to become, I wanted to boil things more and more down to their essence, just really simplify everything. And uh, so that little project, I mean, I love... Uh, we were doing a lot of loft-type spaces, uh, you know, that were essentially living spaces that had uh, maybe a bathroom and a closet enclosed in, a, in an area, and the rest of it would be generally kind of open. And loved living in that kind of space. And just thought, you know, gee, if I ever had an opportunity to build a house, I'd love to have that with a lot of glass out to a garden. And uh, and so when that lot came along, it was I just couldn't pass it up. And so it really is just a very simple minimalist kind of pavilion. It's not about the way the the structure looks. It's about how it engages with the garden, and then how that garden engages with the neighborhood. And uh, because really, when you drive by there, you see the garden wall, and you see the bamboo and the trees. And I hope the reference is more towards a garden than a than a modern house. Mm -hmm. so. But it was a different neighborhood. Yes, and still absolutely. the neighborhoods. Maybe now it's actually taken on a little bit more yeah. of oh, a absolutely. momentum of yeah. new homes, modern, a mix. But it's a great neighborhood. Yeah, and you were there way before. 
Well, it's great. I mean, modern, significant modern architecture has a way of going into these kind of neighborhoods that that are being, you know, with very early gentrification and have a way of transforming those neighborhoods. I mean, that neighborhood obviously uh, has gone East Village. much farther yeah. now. Uh, of course, uptown from what it used to be to where it is now. Uh, and the Cedars. Uh, you look at it, places like Austin as well and SoCo in that area with all the modern development down there. Yeah, yeah so great. But let's take a quick break, Jeff. Let's do it, Jeff. And uh, we'll be right back on The Modernist, podcasting for the modern human. Hi, I'm Jeff Mitchell, Vice President at Briggs Freeman Sotheby's International Realty and host of The Modernist Podcast. If you're like me and share a passion and love for modern home design, then call a real estate agent who gets it the next time you're thinking about buying or selling a home. Allow me to use my 10 years of industry experience, understanding of modern homes, architects, builders, and local neighborhoods to help you find the right home that best fits your lifestyle. So next time, don't call a blue-haired realtor. Call the modern home guy, Jeff Mitchell, at 214-478-8009 or go to modernlivingdallas.com. Modern Dallas in Modern Pursuit, a luxury listing of local modern real estate and lifestyle news. Searching for a modern, mid-century modern, contemporary home, high-rise or loft, we simply have the finest moderns in Dallas. Looking for modern art galleries or events? Visit Modern Dallas and see our listing pages and receive our weekly updates on Modern Dallas Weekly, Modern Dallas TV, and gallery openings on Modern Dallas Art News. Sign up on Modern Dallas and find everything at moderndallas.net. So we're back here on The Modernist uh, talking with architect Ron Womack. And, um, you know, I've been around nine years doing modern in Dallas and um, obviously seen a lot of your projects in the early years. And then I remember walking into you one day and you said, well, I'm taking a hiatus. What happened, Ron? <laughs> well, um, things were going really well for me through about 2008. And then, you know, the economy and the financial markets just totally hit this. We had projects just uh, fading away. And uh, and I had a teaching gig that I was doing part-time out at UTA, and that went away. Everything changed. And uh, so I got to the point where I just started kind of spiraling down as a human being. You know, I thought my life was totally about being architect, an architect, and I didn't know much else. And uh, I was kind of missing living in a way. And so I just closed my office and— uh, just went on kind of a, let's, shall we call it a spiritual journey for about four years. And um, I lost myself. I totally lost myself as a human, and, uh, and I rediscovered that. And, uh, and when I did, I came back sober, clear-headed, and uh, uh, I thought that four years off of not looking at architectural magazines and journals and things was the best thing that I ever did because it cleared, it cleared me out. And, uh, and turning um, uh, 65 this year, you know, I feel like I've been reborn in a way, you know, that uh, everything is new. And at 65, and to feel like everything is fresh and mm -hmm. I'm excited about things, I couldn't ask for anything more as a human being. You know, when I have a lot of friends that are retiring and hanging it up, I'm ready to go to work. <laughs> you know? And I have to say today, I've never been so busy. So, so. what are you working on? 
in the second part of this journey? Well, the uh, have a house for the guy that we did the copper townhome for. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a new house for him. We're working on design up. And uh, have another power station that we're working on over in Oak Cliff. That'll be kind of a mini corporate headquarters for a new company. And um, and then I have a new um, uh, project we're just getting ready to start. It'll be called the Elm Fork Wilderness Center. It'll be up uh, across the street from Strokers up on Harry Hines, and it's going to be a portal um, visitor center into the Trinity a wilderness up there above Northwest Highway and on up to LBJ. And uh, and then another project is uh, a new little office building and shop for an industrial type company. So with these new projects, is there a new vision, a new idea, a new way you see things from that hiatus and a break? You know, things have always been about construction for me, not so much about just creating a style. And so today, I want things to be simpler and down to their essence still. But simplicity of construction is what I'm interested in. And when you do that, when you approach something that way, there's a minimalist quality about them, a simplicity and a sereneness that's, uh, that's pretty darn good about them. And that's what I love today. And uh, if somebody... Uh, Every there are so many things that I see today that are so over, they're over designed, you know they're just over the top. Too much of this, too much of that. I want to pare everything back, and there are. Uh, and today I'm getting more interested too in uh, materials that were that we were founded on here, like good old Corsicana red cherry red bricks. You know, I mean, what's happened to materials that were kind of from our area here? I li- that's the stuff that Bud and Frank have really instilled in me is always connecting, you know, to where we are mm-hmm. and kind of reinforcing that with the materials and things. And plus the things that really work about shade. I mean, sustainability to me has always been about being a good regional architect, knowing where the sun is, knowing what materials do here. I can't tell you how many times you see the, a lot of new materials tried on things that don't work because they were never intended to work in this environment. But because somebody saw it in a magazine or something, it, you know, they, they've got to try it. And it just creates a lot of liabilities potentially for owners. So I kind of like using things that are well-known, but just tweaked, you know, just kind of pushing it a little bit. And there's another architect that I'm really coming to really like these days. He's a British guy named David Chipperfield. But the thing that's really great about Chipperfield is that he's definitely a minimal kind of modernist, but he's also, his works connect back to history, about a simple order about things, not doing things that have such uh, overt forms about them or trying to do all kinds of forms. There's just a simplicity about them. There's a, a, a solitude about them. It's like they're... They've taken their place in the city or wherever they are. They take control kind of of their environment, but they're very restrained, you know, and they're just good, well-built buildings. Mm. And, uh, and that's what I inspire. That's what inspires me today. And you know what? It's funny because ultimately it's just <clears throat> that, that simple lifestyle, yeah. which is what modern lifestyle is all about, modernism, modernist. Yeah. It's just a simplification and a lot of it's empty nesters from these suburbs around Dallas and even other cities 
are coming into this urban environment looking for exactly that. Yeah. Simplification, back to basics. Yeah, and a good garden. Yeah, you gotta have a good, <laughs> a good garden. garden. Well, some of them don't want that. <laughs> Just a lock and leave. <laughs> or a great garden. <laughs> or a great garden. <laughs> Depending on your region. <laughs> so, uh, Ron, you just went to uh, Cuba. Yes. And how was that from an architectural perspective? It was, uh, it was really amazing. You know, I really didn't uh, know what to expect because I don't know much about Cuba. You know, I, what I remember about Cuba is being a young, a young child and thinking Cuba is going to bomb us. They're going to send nukes <laughs> over here, you know? <laughs> so we were all... All the neighborhoods back in Abilene then were buying bomb shelters, you know, <laughs> nuclear fallout. And uh, so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but I've been wanting to go over there uh, as, as well as a lot of us, I guess, today, because you're just curious. You know, it's so close, and yet we know nothing about it in a way, just about their cigars or their, you know, their Havana rum. Or their and, cars. Uh, or their cars. <laughs> yeah, the great cars. And so... When I got there, um, we were staying in kind of an older, like a 50s-era modern hotel called the Capri. And uh, it's kind of a place we were told that the mob used to hang out, you know, and back when Havana, you know, Cuba was kind of a place we all went to go gambling and, you know, kind of like Las Vegas of our time, I guess. And... Uh, and then when everything changed, you know, there just wasn't any growth. Everything just got stuck. I guess their economy got a lot more difficult and then dependent upon the Russians uh, for their economy. And so there hasn't um, been any newer buildings at all. But when Cuba was at a wealthier time with their sugar cane, when they were like the sugar barons, there was incredible wealth in Cuba. And I did not know that. And what was built in that time, the colonial buildings, the hotels, the houses, the boulevards, all those things were just, uh, they're just spectacular. I have to, you know, I, we are friends on Facebook. And obviously how I knew all that was that the, some of the images, the promenade, yeah. the beautiful inlay, the great uh, um, home of, I think, the Swiss um the ambassador. Swiss ambassador, yeah. Who would have thought they would have built a modern home like that? Yeah, and that house was actually done by uh, Richard Neutra, you know, from California yeah. back in the mid-50s. And it was one of the last nice modern homes built there before the revolution. And it's just spectacular. You know, you look at it today and it could be built here. and just In California, yeah, just absolutely. Just wonderful, yeah. yeah. More, were there more like that or just that was one of the few? That, there are quite a few, not by Neutra. Yeah. That was the only one he did down there. But there were a lot of young Cuban architects doing their thing until things changed. And now most architects uh, and professionals have to work for the government. So there is no such thing as private practice there. So they're all kind of busy doing renovations and restorations of the older colonial buildings, which they have an incredible stock of. And in fact, because of that and because of what's going on, their, their stock of colonial buildings in the old Havana downtown is going to become an incredible tourist mecca because it's such a, an incredible, I mean, it's almost like going to Mecca or somewhere, you know, they're just very narrow little streets and five, six-story tall 
masonry buildings. It's just spectacular, a scale and a kind of special quality we don't get to experience here, really. And uh, so it'll be incredible draw. And, and, you know, we learned a lot of that. A lot of those were by design. They wanted the streets to be so narrow and the structures taller because it provided incredible shade on the street, which you need in that environment. It is hot and humid there, you know, like it's hot and humid here. So those are kind of little things that you learn. And, you know, and as a modernist, too, you always want to be able to learn from things like that, mm-hmm. be able to implement them as, you know, as the thing, what is it's required, you know. What were, so what were the, some more reoccurring obser- architectural observations that you kind of took away from that trip? Well, you know, um, we talked a little bit earlier about these art schools that we saw mm-hmm. that were started in the early 60s. That's just a hidden gem. They're kind of the little hidden treasure of uh, Cuba. And they were started right after the revolution as kind of one of their initial inspirations of becoming a great, you know, free, free country. But they were never finished. They turned to ruins because of the thinking of the regime. And uh, there is this, uh, you know, documentary I was telling you about called Unfinished Spaces. That's all about them. And they're just magnificent. Uh, It's like material imagination becoming alive. You know, it's like all brick and uh, terracotta, just assuming forms and shapes that are so organic, like it just kind of grew out of it. And we don't get to see that kind of work much anymore. So much work anymore is about how cheap can we make a box. (laughs) You know, there's not much imaginative thinking about it. And so these forms and and construction techniques were just foreign to us. So it was an incredible, sensual experience. And and they were all for the arts. You know, so that was a a really profound experience for me. Mm -hmm. One I I won't forget for a long time. So, and, and you were talking about the architects there. So, you know, they have the they have educate free education there. And so, talk a little bit about that because the the architects there, you know, had the free education. What what does that look like for them? And what's you know what's their future kind of look like there as an architect? Or what has it looked like? And you know, where is the potential going for these guys? Do you think? Well, their education there seemed pretty similar to ours in a lot of ways. I mean, they have. Uh, you know, some teachers that are, you know, professors that are longtime practitioners and things that are teaching. But, you know, they have the Internet today. And so when you have the Internet and that kind of accessibility. Dial up, though, me, right? That's what I heard. <laughs> it's, it changes things. You know, they're going to see things that they, they are going to want. You know, they want, they, they're going to want to interact with that, you know, see those ideas mm-hmm. and those experiments. So now there's um, uh, what I understand, you know, when you, do, when you become an architect down there and you go through the school program, you work for the government for two years. But uh, after that, there are, is no such thing as private practice, so you still work for the government. <laughs> and uh, But there is a thing now, though, that I'm, I'm told is that some of them are starting to do projects as interior design projects and getting some of their creativity seeping out into that. And there was a new space there that we went to see that's called FAC, F-A-C. And it's kind of a new uh, art space there that lets the artists do their thing, but it's also a dance place. They have music, concerts. It's just a whole venue of arts. 
and at one at one compound, and it's incredibly popular. And uh, but it's just a way to, for that creativity and their music down there in art is really flourishing. You know, it's not like they because they've been isolated. They, you know, they've devolved. It's really uh, it's growing. And so the internet and all that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Communication and, and I suppose with uh, investment and uh, money, New tourism, in, yes. tourism. It changes yeah. changes everything. They tell you that you can um, only uh, purchase a hundred dollars worth of cigars to leave the country, but you can spend any amount on art. So, there you go. Well, that's they, they, <laughs> really. they got their priorities right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so uh, we're almost at the end, and you know it's funny because um, just a, a sideline note: um, how we're all part of this Facebook uh, world. But I noticed a post the other day. And um, somebody's in the market for buying and renovating and selling Ron Womack properties that you've designed over the years. And I thought it was a nice compliment to you because it just goes to show, you know, this is in Miro area, Travis, those neighborhoods that there are people that are respecting what an architect has created. Hmm. And I think that's just a great uh, way of saying thank you. What you bring, you brought to the city, and uh, that people remember it, and, and and actually are using your name and other architects, but more important, mm-hmm. this was for you, in a way that signifies you've given something to Dallas, mm-hmm. and I think that's great. Well, that's a humbling, uh, humbling thing to hear. I appreciate that, you know. But what I, I really always will uh, be indebted to is Alan McDonald for giving me that opportunity to work on those initial projects. And uh, and to giving and to giving me the freedom to pursue those ideas, uh, developers are strong here in Dallas, and they don't always give architects the opportunities that they need. I think they want to kind of keep them hemmed in. And uh, there's a lot of creativity here. It just needs to let people do their work. You know, give it a shot. You know, that's uh, Dallas could be an incredible city in that way, but. Uh, well, this needs opportunity. It's op- we, need to, we need to, you know, kind of nourish our, our young here, the younger people, and just let them do their thing and, and grow. Well, we thank you for being part of the show. I think Dallas is doing that. I think we see more modern in the city than ever before. Yeah. Uh, I think architects are getting the opportunity to explore new avenues of design with a lot of a modern aesthetic. and. Uh, it's great having you on the show. Appreciate you. you being here. I really here. appreciate it, yeah. guys. Thanks Long for joining us, Ron. We appreciate right. it. And uh, sharing your trip with us. That's really, really great. Uh, Jeff, let's thank our sponsors again before we uh, our, bow out here. Uh, good sponsors are Steve Wright from TexasMortgageExpert.com. Gregory Martin Photography, our paparazzi, personal paparazzi. <laughs> Jeff Mitchell and a great photographer, and a great photographer. <laughs> Jeff Mitchell the modern home guy and of course Jeff Levine from moderndallas.net and to wrap up uh, the modernist meetup our yes. monthly meetup comes around again on uh, June the 22nd from 6 to 8pm it'll be at Bow Concept uh, you can check us out on Facebook at the uh, modernist meetup or the Dallas Modernist Meetup, uh-huh. and see us on Twitter at the Modernist underscore, as well as Instagram. Jeff, it's been a pleasure. Jeff, always a pleasure. We we get to sit across from each other, look at each other, into each other's eyes. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a all good. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. 
The Monitors is sponsored by our favorite mortgage man, Steve Wright, with Texas Mortgage Expert Team at Prime Lending. We love Steve and the Texas Mortgage Expert Team because they're knowledgeable, extremely professional, and have the backing of Prime Lending, one of the top lenders in the country. And Jeff, as a real estate agent, I can tell you I've done many deals with Steve and their team, and I love sending all my clients over there because I know that they're going to be treated fairly, it's going to be a smooth and enjoyable experience, and they're going to be treated with a very high level of expertise. So if you're thinking about buying a home or refinancing, go to TexasMortgageExpert.com.